What is up, Royal Army? My name is Royal Mata, and I will be your host. Welcome to Royal Health Radio. And we actually have a very special guest today. It's actually our first guest ever, so that's exciting. I- I'm so happy and excited that you guys can kind of come along on this journey to grow this podcast. Um, but today, some know her as the practical nutritionist, and she understands that taking a more practical approach to nutrition is really how you get the results. And being able to meet people where they are currently is how you really ensure that they are successful in their weight loss journey. Uh, we'll be covering things like what is a practical approach to nutrition, also how to deal with weight loss when you live at home with others, and also three tips for anyone out there that kind of don't know where to start in terms of nutrition or working out. But without further ado, let's get on into the conversation with my friend, Lena Abed. Hey, what's up, Lena? Thank you so much for coming on today. Hi, Roy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And and just before we kind of dive in, um, I see you on social. I see everything you're doing. You're posting content, working with clients. Uh, But before that, I I just kind of want to know what's your backstory? Like, how did you become the practical nutritionist? Sure. Okay. So believe it or not, um, me at 18 and before 18, right, all the way up until 18, I was not athletic. I didn't play sports. I didn't care what I ate. I was very much your like, give me a bowl of honey bunches of votes kind of girl and I'm good to go. That's all I needed. I actually didn't eat much at all. I always joked that I had a big appetite and things like that, but really I just had a really big sweet tooth, right? Mm. I could have a brownie for dinner and not look back. So did I eat very healthy? No. Did I like to bake? Yes, I did. I love to. Um, And I didn't really move much. My cardio was shopping and I didn't really have this big purpose. I didn't have a big goal. When I was going into college, I was like, I had no idea what I wanted to major in. To some extent, I thought like maybe psychology, maybe I want to go into counseling. So there was always a coaching element that I I liked, but I ended up studying marketing because I I feel comfortable talking to people and business seemed like a broad enough place for me to be that I could figure it out along the way. Um, but once I went into college, and I think this is common for a lot of people, and I don't tell this part of my story a lot because I come from a Middle Eastern Muslim family. So I really don't tell the side of, my, of this story a lot because it's not traditional, I think. And I have a lot of family that follows me on social media. But really, when I went to college, I also broke up with my high school boyfriend. Um, And I always leave that part out of the story. But really, it's a big reason why I got into fitness at all. Um, That I was with him for a really long time all throughout high school. So I kind of grew with him and really identified with that person. So when I didn't have him, and I had to start identifying with myself, I didn't know who I was. And I think this is so common for so many people who their friends go off to different colleges, they go through a breakup or whatever. I mean, I was young, obviously, but still, like, I think it's, it's a big, I mean, I'm still young. So these, these moments matter, right? So (laughs) I went to school, I was basically by myself, I had to re-identify who I was, where you kind of understand who I was. Um, Shopping wasn't cutting it anymore, you know? That weekend shopping trip that wasn't doing anything for me. And I really quickly realized that. Um, I was working a lot at a daycare and I just needed something to do. So there was a boxing gym right next door to the daycare that I worked at. And that was just super convenient. I started going there. I started boxing, taking boxing classes five, six, seven days a week. 
I was just hooked. I did not care about what I looked like though. This was not like for appearance. It was not for weight loss. It was not, I was thin because I barely ate. And when I did eat, it was just like a cupcake or a brownie or whatever bowl of cereal. So I wasn't working out to lose weight, but to some extent I wanted to get stronger. It wasn't a goal when I started, but I was shocked at what I could accomplish. And like that I didn't have noodle arms anymore. And Mm -hmm. you know, I was getting stronger and I was boxing and everyone, no one ever expected that of me. So the fact that I was doing it was really, really cool. I surprised myself and I surprised people around me. Um, And the longer that I was going to classes, the better that I got at boxing, the people at the gym started noticing me and they asked me if I would ever, you know, if I ever considered working there. And so they offered me a job and I started at sales. I worked my way up to training. I started getting into lifting. I eventually became their marketing lead, eventually became a general manager of a location. I basically ran it on my own before I graduated college. I had a full-time job as a general manager, had already had a marketing job. I mean, I was feeling really kind of on top of the world. In all of this, I gained weight, which is really normal when women start to work out, right? Our appetites grow. We learn what kind of foods can support our workouts and make them more powerful and make them more, you know, feel stronger. So I gained weight. Um, I didn't know really what to do with that. I was really confused. I was really unhappy with my extra weight. It was weird. Like this new body that other people were like, wow, she's strong. I was like, I'm not thin anymore. And mm. that's weird to me. I don't really like that. Also, in the process, I was watching other women who were like, lean as anything I've ever seen before who were just like jacked and ripped and, you know, 10% body fat on them. And I was like, I want that. Give me that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I started counting macros. Uh, I really wanted to lean out. I really wanted to look the part, especially now that I was training other people. Um, and I was putting all this work in the gym that I really enjoyed. I was like, why? I need to put in that same work in the kitchen. So this is when I started my Instagram. And I started creating healthier recipes, posting what I was eating and all this stuff. I started talking about counting macros. I started talking about intermittent fasting and all these different things that I was doing. And what I wasn't talking about was the binge eating that I was doing after the fact, right? What I wasn't talking about was the four tablespoons of peanut butter I had after I showed them my teaspoon of peanut butter toast. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. that's what they didn't see. Um, What they didn't see was the scale incrementally increasing every week. Um, and me really not knowing what to wear or what to do or really being unhappy with that. So, um, that's what people didn't see. And it was interesting. I think I needed to go through that to be where I am now, but it was really hard. Um, and as I was coming out of that, I started seeing this, I was very heavily influenced by two different groups on social media. And it was this get, extremely lean cut counter macros just do it and you'll be like this perfect body and then there was this other uh group of people on social media that were so anti-diet pro-intuitive eating eat what you want honor your hunger and fullness and I was like what the heck and bob is hunger and fullness by now my appetite is higher than it's ever been before in my life right I have more muscle on my body I'm working out harder I've never dealt with an appetite as it was at that time And I was like, if I ate whatever I wanted until I was satisfied, I would be eating like three Cinnabon cinnamon rolls, you know, two boxes of pizza. Like I could do it, you know, (laughs) like don't challenge me too. Me too. Don't worry. (laughs) So 
I was like, I'm, I was so genuinely confused. And I was wondering like, is it just me or are we missing like a whole group of normal people in the middle of this, right? The group that doesn't want to count calories, but the group that's still okay with a little bit of weight loss. Like why the heck am I missing that? So I went to ITN. I studied nutrition. I was not about to go back to school for four years to study nutrition, especially when I was doing so much of the work on my own, you know, like reading books and staying up to date with the latest research. So I found ITN, which was awesome because it does what other schools don't do. And it gives you the science of nutrition, but it also gives you the spiritual part of it and the emotional part of it. And that's what I needed more than anything else. I knew the science of nutrition. I knew how to count a calorie. I knew what carbohydrates did in your body. What I needed was now how does this apply to normal people with normal emotions, normal everyday, you know, stress and things like that. How does, how do we implement, how do we coach? So I essentially took what I learned at ITN, coached myself out of my restriction mentality because I wasn't restricting in terms of calories, right? So I coached myself out of my restriction mentality and into a more practical um, mindset of how to naturally bring that weight back down without overthinking food and more so just like understanding why I'm eating and why what that's doing to me. Is that helping me or hurting me? And understanding that more like spiritual, emotional side of things, which was pretty darn cool. And then after ITN, I was like, okay, great. I feel like I am finally in a place where I can be that middle voice that's out there in this world right now because everything is so black and white on social media and in the books that we read, right? I mean, and it has to be. That's how they sell that's how they sell their book. That's how they sell their program. That's how they sell everything. So even the intuitive eating space, I always tell people they're selling a product too, right? They come to you acting like they're just trying to heal all your problems and they are, and, and they have the best of intentions, but they're also selling a product. They're selling their service just like anybody else is. So we need to find, and, and everyone's trying to be more black and white so that they appeal stronger to that person's one emotion that they're trying to hit, Right. So I was like, all right, whether it's sexy or not, whether it's a thing people want to buy or not, whether it's a thing that stands out or not, I need to be that gray voice because it's the only thing that resonated with me. So that's where that practical aspect came in. I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody to cut out, you know, if if you're Arab, I'm not going to say don't eat Arab food. If you're Korean, I'm not going to say don't eat Korean food. Like that's ridiculous. That's not practical. It makes no sense, right? I'm also not going to say go and eat um, as much rice as your mom wants to give you. That's ridiculous too. Like, don't do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, stand up for yourself. Um, So it's that practical approach. It's implementing that science and nutrition with the reality of life, you know? Yeah, yeah. You've kind of touched upon a a couple of things there. And I, I... It's so funny because I relate with you so much. And this, I feel like a lot of people struggle with this whole idea of, you know, two sides of health and wellness. Like you, you hit it on the head with this one, like the intuitive, more whole natural um, eating. And then you have the bodybuilders, like the fitness influencers. And it's, it's so hard to break through the noise out there and to really see what we should actually do, right? And I I actually wanted to talk about something when you were kind of going through uh, all of this, right? You, you started boxing, um, you started to strength train lift. Do you feel like your self image was a lot more negative than you actually were because of what you were seeing online? 
A hundred percent. So that's yeah. a, a really great question. Prior to me being influenced by what I was seeing online, I was off of social media for a full year. I had deleted everything. So my first year of college, right after that breakup, I deleted everything. So I started boxing without Instagram. I started boxing like without all these things. So I got into fitness and getting stronger and all this stuff with no outside noise. It wasn't until I decided to re-download Instagram for the sake of me just sharing what I had been doing. And I was starting to dabble in the idea of me being a nutritionist. So I wanted to kind of enter that space back online and have a presence there again. Once I did that, I was extremely influenced by the noise. I would have never thought there was anything wrong with my body except for cool. Now I have abs. So how do you think someone can deal with that? Like with social media and with all of this content out there, um, you know, a lot of people don't, if you're not really deep into, you know, the whole health and wellness and fitness, like most times you see people and it's like photoshopped or, um, you know, they're taking drugs and supplements to enhance their bodies. Like how does someone that has access to all of this content, like how do they deal with that? What do you think the best approach to that is? It's really difficult. And what I, the first thing that I told myself when I was trying to get out of that space, out of that mental space of like, I need to be as good as everyone else, right? When the first thing that I had to do was I had to say, this is their full-time job. So whether it's Photoshopped or not, whether they're on drugs or not, power to them if they look like that without the drugs and without the Photoshop, right? Power to it, power to you. I know that's hard work. I know that's not easy, but it's your full-time freaking job. Like that's not my full-time job. And that was the first thing I had to tell myself was this is not my full-time job. I'm not getting paid to count my macros and to look a type of way. I'm not, I'm not. And I look at someone else on the street who is not that. And I think they're stunning, right? So what the heck am I doing comparing myself to you know, this person whose full-time job it is to look that way. And that was what changed my mindset. Now I could tell you to just love your body, to just not compare yourself, to just um, find the accounts. And this was big too, finding the accounts on Instagram that kind of exposed all of that, right? So like the people that are like posed versus unposed, that made a really big difference to me too. But really it was, this is not my full-time job because I can look like that if I want to make it my full-time job, but I really don't want to. Um, and when I look at someone else on the street who doesn't look like that, I think they're stunning. So why am I chasing what, you know, that bodybuilder has, um, Mm. that was my mindset shift. And that was one of the first things I started saying to my personal training clients when I was doing personal training and to my nutrition clients, they would tell me their goal. And I would say, are you sure it's that, right? Are you sure it's to look like her? Because it's her full-time job. So just dial in. Do you want to do two a days? and count your macros and they would say no and I was like all right then can we find the best version of you (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah yeah and it's okay like for people I want people to know like it's okay if you do want to look like if if I've also met other people they're like I just want to try I just want to compete once I just want to whatever if that's truly what you want and it's just because you want to prove to yourself that you can, you know, you want to surprise yourself and you want to be the best version of, you know what? I don't know. Sometimes it's just bodybuilding's a sport. So I get wanting to excel in your sport. That's okay too. Just know yourself and know which one you really want. Yeah, I love that. So on top of that, you know, when people have these goals, let's kind of segue into, you've mentioned, you know, your practical approach to nutrition, but what is practical nutrition really? Like, how would you define that in your own words? 
I think it's different for everybody, of course, right? I'm just like pro not black and white. There's always a gray area and things are different person to person. But for the majority, I would say practical nutrition is your ability to eat in a way that makes you feel like eat with habits that you stand behind most of the time, right? Most of the time you can look at your habits and you can say, I stand behind all of those. So whether that's eating rice every day or, you know, really limiting your processed sugar, that's different person to person. So eating in a way with habits that you stand behind while enjoying the the experiences that make you, you. Because I can stand by the habit of not eating processed sugar most of the time, right? And then have that mess up my life in terms of like the other, the things that make me, me, which is spending time with my family or experiencing things with friends or whatever. Like it could hinder my ability to experience other things. So as long as I find that gray area, that practical balance between what makes me feel good most of the time and what makes me able to participate in the things that the experiences that make me, me, then I'm good. That's my practical approach. Okay. So say I am someone who wants to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, I I don't want to miss out on maybe dinner with friends. Uh, what, What can I then do to kind of keep my goals in mind, but also still enjoy those experiences? Sure. We do a couple different things with like with my clients. Like what I would normally ask my client is how often are you eating out with your friends? Is this like an everyday kind of thing, an every week kind of thing, or a once in a blue moon kind of thing, right? So let's answer that, Roy. Um, I eat with my friends three times a week. Okay, cool. That's a lot. That's a pretty significant part of your life. That's not a 20% of your life. That's more like a 40% of your life, right? It's a pretty significant chunk. So let's reel it in. Let's get really clear on what's important to you. Is it the time spent with your friend or the food you're eating? Probably the time you're spending with your friends. Yeah? Definitely. And then you ask yourself, is there one time that you're going out with your friends that week that you can prioritize the food and have a little bit more fun with your food versus the other two times you don't care for the restaurants and you can balance a plate more easily at the restaurants in those other two times. So you do that, you balance as best you can with meals that fit into your goals most of the time, twice. And then once a week, you allow yourself to have a little bit more leeway and um, balance in something maybe a little bit more fun. So you might order fries for the table while you um, indulge in that meal. Yeah. It's those, uh, it's the free bread and the free chips that get me. (laughs) It is absolutely the bread that gets us all. Okay. So with all of this, you live at home, right? With other people? I do. I live with a whole house of people right now. Yeah. And that can bring a whole host of challenges on its own. And a lot of people deal with this. Like, how how do you deal with this? It has been a learning process, but let's talk about it right now in terms of weight loss. Because right now I'm sitting at the higher end of my range and I want to bring that down. So I'm embarking on an eight-week, four-pound weight loss goal, right? I decided to get really clear on this because I know exactly why that scale shot up, right? I can pinpoint what habits happened immediately. My family keeps the food out on the counter. It's easier to graze. My brother loves a big bag of popcorn in the house at all times, 24-7, no matter what day of the week it is. So I make, you know, I know exactly what's lending to me that increase in the scale. And it's not a big deal. Now, if that scale increased and I really stood behind my habits, I would be happy with it. I wouldn't care. The number wouldn't bother me. But it increased and I don't stand behind my habits. I know there was a lot of mindless grazing. I know there was a little bit of frustration grazing there, right? Just like over everybody in this house, 
no one talked yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So give I know me the popcorn. Yeah, give me the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. If it's in my mouth, I won't say anything I don't want to say, you know? So <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's a lot of different reasons that the scale can go up, but when you're living with family, it is very possible that it goes up because of the people surrounding us. So when it's time to bring that number down, so this is week one of bringing that number down. So far, we're half a pound down. So it looks like we're right on track, right? I gave myself a clear goal because sometimes it's just, it's easier to stay really real with yourself when you give yourself a clear goal. So what we do is we keep things practical. I'm not going to make separate food for my mom. Okay. Now I might help with cooking. I might contribute to cooking. So this weekend I meal prepped for a few days for the whole family and she's mm-hmm. cooking. Stuff. So I'm going to contribute. And when I do that, absolutely. I'm going to try to healthify my meals a little bit. I'm going to go veggie heavy. I'm going to balance in some lean proteins there, but I'm also going to stay really heavy on the flavor. So the whole family enjoys it. And then when she's cooking, I'm just going to survey. I'm going to say, are there veggies there? Is there a way I can balance my plate? If the answer is yes, I'm good to go. If the answer is no, I'm going to contribute. I'm going to make a side salad for everyone, right? And that side salad might be my main course. It might be the bulk of my plate, but I'm definitely going to balance it. And that's practical nutrition with your family. The harder part, harder than the meals, is that snacking, that grazing, the treats and stuff in the house. And this was interesting. It's an interesting battle to to play with when you're living at home, but it's really saying what's most important to me. So often we're just like, gosh, I can't have this. I can't have this. I want it. I want it. I want it. Right. You don't want the weird packaged granola bar that your mom bought that's there. Like that's not what you want. Right. But that's what we always end up eating because it's there. And we just think we should, right? You don't want that grocery store cookie that's like literally right now my mom just bought $1 Valentine's Day cupcakes because they were $1. Literally, I don't want that. That's not tempting, right? But I had to train myself to really ask myself, what's worth it to me? It's really not the $1 box of cupcakes. Why the heck is it $1? I don't know. I don't know what's in that that made it $1. (laughs) But like, that's not, that's not what I want. You know what I mean? So you have to really ask yourself, what's important to me? Is it the ridiculous food that they put in the house all the time? No, but I love popcorn. Popcorn's important to me. I do want to have popcorn every, you know, once a week for a movie night. Where am I getting that from, right? Am I getting that from the microwave box or am I popping that myself? Can I pop that myself for the whole family? And really just engaging your family in the activities that you're doing to make it less of I'm on a diet, I'm doing this and more of, hey, do you guys want to try stovetop popcorn? Instead of, you know, Orville Redenbacher with three pounds of butter on it. Like, what do you guys want to do? And if they say no, that's fine. You're you're still welcome to make your own popcorn. You're still welcome to have a little bit of theirs, but prioritize your worth it foods, right? We don't need to eat everything just because it's there. And this was such a game changer for me. I can have it if I want it. It's there. I No one's telling me no, but is it worth it to me and doesn't make me feel good? No, I could care less. Right. And if I want it later, it's always there, guys. Your someone in your family will always buy it. It's always there. So you never have to feel deprived or anything like that. Yeah. So you've mentioned the whole emotional eating thing and uh, eating when we're not really hungry. Right. So how do you deal with that when <laughs> the one dollar cupcakes are sitting on the counter staring at you? Like, how does someone uh, deal with that? OK, so this is hard. 
Um, and I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like it's not. I don't think emotional eating ever completely goes away. I think it's a little bit of human nature. So I think we need to give ourselves grace in some moments. But if you notice this becoming a reoccurring thing and it's like what you're leaning on all the time, then here's what we'll do. Okay. And even if it's not a reoccurring thing, even if it is once in a blue moon, it's still okay to strive to be better. So in those moments, I like to do a couple things. And this is, uh, I always say it's such an annoying answer because it's not easy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing you do, and listen, of all people, guys, let me just say this. I am not the girl that likes to like yoga and breathe and like take a deep breath. Like I'm not that girl. Okay. I think it's annoying. I think those responses are annoying, but I think they actually work. So step one is to really just like, if you notice that impulsive, like reach for food, that like instinctual reach for food that, um, what else is like the word? It's just like, you can't stop it. Right. It's almost just like so natural. Like, gosh, I'm angry. Give, the, give me the cupcake. Like it's just an impulse. That, that impulse. Yeah. It's just like this thing rushes through you. Stop yourself. Okay. And I say, I say it's not easy. Cause I know it's not easy. Stop relax. Okay. It's just a cupcake. Like it's, you're just a little frustrated, like relax, breathe 10 seconds in through your nose, out through your mouth. Really like what I learned from another dietitian. And I think it's so important that we learn from, from other dietitians and nutritionists is that you can breathe through that craving and let that craving kind of come through you. And you're doing two things at once. You're breathing through your craving. So you're really feeling, letting yourself feel the craving, what you think is a craving, but you're actually handling your emotion. You're actually taking that frustration and that stress and you're taking it down a notch. You're like breathing through it. You're bringing those emotions down lower so that they're not overtaking you anymore. You can relax. Okay. And then you can more easily make a decision you stand behind. Now you're not so frustrated and so impulsive and whatever. Now you get to take it back and make a decision. Do you want, do you still want the cupcake? And if the answer is yes, let's balance it into a plate. Let's eat it mindfully. Let's enjoy it so that it doesn't turn into a binge, right? Let's ask yourself, am I hungry? Should I be having a meal right now? And if the answer is no, that's fine. You can still have a bite. You can still have a taste. You can whatever. Um, In some cases you can have the whole cupcake if you want it, but why the heck would you have that stressed out, not enjoy the experience and then go to continue to eat the whole kitchen, right? Because that's what we're going to do. We're going to, you're not just going to have the cupcake and then walk away. You're going to have the cupcake and then you're going to have the whole kitchen. Like it's just what happens. So cupcakes, the cook, the cookies, the brownies. Yeah. Everything everything that you said you wouldn't eat that week. Right. Like the the granola bar, the chip that you're like, gosh, I'm so good. I didn't eat any of that stuff. And then you have the cupcake and then you're already mad and you're already annoyed and you just eat the whole kitchen. I've been there. Can you tell? Um, (laughs) (laughs) From experience. Right? From experience. So the first thing I would say is really allow yourself to feel that emotion and feel that craving, breathe through it, and then ask yourself, give yourself the ability to further make your own decision that's more calculated and relaxed. After that, your other option is to really just change the cycle. So it might be habitual that you, every time you feel frustration, you reach for food. Every time you feel stress, you reach for food. Every time you feel sadness, you reach for food. That might be just a habit, right? A, A trigger in the brain. Um, and it's following your habit loop and your habit cycle. Let's change that cycle. Let's do something that gives you the same reward, but it's different. So this is where I would often say like sips, not chips. It is the same feeling of holding a cup of tea. It's the same feeling of like same feeling of relaxation that food might give you for a split second, but it actually lasts longer because it's a nice big cup of tea. Um, 
go for a walk. That'll give you a nice relaxing feeling that you think your food's giving you for a split second that it's not. Pick up the phone and just scream and vent to your friend. Like do whatever you need to do to help you relinquish this like annoying, stressful frustration, sadness or whatever that's like almost consuming you in that moment. Let it go through other means and then move forward. So it takes a lot of reminding yourself that food is not going to solve your problems, right? And again, I know it's annoying because it's not a clear cut back and white, eat the carrot and it'll go away. No, it's not like that. It does take a lot of mental work, but that's the only way that we can make this sustainable forever type of thing. So it seems like it's a lot of mindset, right? It's a lot of dealing with the inner demons and not necessarily the science of nutrition, right? And yeah. so when you're eating at home and you're trying to make these changes, I know that another issue that comes up is uh, the pressure from your peers and your family. Uh, you'll hear comments like, oh, just have the have the cookie. Like, what are you doing? You don't need to uh, lose weight or any of that. Um, You know, you, do you believe them? You know what I mean? Like, ask yourself, like, are you capable of making your own choices? There are always going to be outside voices. Always. They're not going anywhere, you know, and, and thank you, Susie Q. Lou, for telling me that I don't need to lose any weight. I appreciate it. But this is my decision. You know, thank you, mom, for telling me that I can have another cookie, but I'm good right now. Like, I, I promise I ate a lot. And if I want more tomorrow, like I'll have one tomorrow. Actually, do you mind wrapping it up? Like, you know, I'll come back to that later. It's always going to be there. There's always going to be a food pusher. There's always going to be a, a reason. There's always going to be an external source. There's always going to be social pressure. There's always going to be someone questioning what you're doing and why and how. And are you sure you want that cookie? I thought you were trying to lose weight. There's always going to be something, right? You got to block out the noise, which again is easier said than done. And I know that, but you wouldn't let somebody tell you what job to take. Like, you know what I mean? You wouldn't let somebody shove chocolate cake down your face if you didn't want it. So don't let them, you know, don't let them tell you anything else. Don't let them tell you to have a second piece if you don't want a second piece. Don't let them tell you to put down the cookie if you want to eat the cookie. Like, don't let them tell you that. It's just your decision and your choice. And your parents will get used to it. Your family will get used to it. My mom has gotten used to it. Do it. Did I have to train her to? Yeah. Did it take four years? Yes. But they will get used to it and they'll start to talk like you. And it's pretty darn cool when they do. Mm, so you have all of these amazing tips. Um, so actually, let's lean into that. Like, if someone was trying to lose weight right now, and you know, they have no idea where to start, they have no background in nutrition or working out, you know, what are three tips that you have for someone that's in that position right now wanting to lose weight? Fine. Okay, let's start with movement. All right. Because this is where I started with movement. And I started for not weight loss goals, right? I started with movement because I needed something to do for me. So let's start there first. Okay. Now for some people, they need to start with nutrition because they just like food better, but some people just like movement better. It, it's up to you. Find a form of movement that you enjoy. I don't care what it is. Don't let the guy on the internet tell you that you need to be strength training four days a week. Do you need to? Maybe one day. Yeah. Kind of stand behind that one, but do you need to right now? No. What you need to do right now is start walking, start moving, buy a mini trampoline and jump on it. That's what I just did. And I love it, right? I love my mini trampoline. Do something to get you up and get you moving. I started boxing at 115 pounds and had no sports background, no strength in me. I started boxing, right? I don't think I'll ever see 115 pounds ever again on the scale, guys. 
<laughs> not unless I'm dying, which, you know, God forbid. So, you know, when it comes to movement, you just need to do something. And there's going to be a thousand different people telling you what that something is. Ignore them. Okay. They're not you. And what worked for them and what's sustainable for them is not necessarily sustainable for you. So ignore them. And it's really a similar approach with food. Take the meals you love, add veggies to them. All right. Fluff the heck out of that meal with veggies. Hashtag fluff with veggies, everybody. We want to really, really increase those veg there. Make sure you have 20 to 30 grams of protein and balance your carbs in accordingly. Now, when you fluff with veggies and when you balance in protein, there's not as much room for these kind of like carbs and carby foods and things like that. That doesn't mean you can't eat them. It just helps you naturally decrease that portion just a little bit. Okay. And we're really used to eating high portions of of rice, high portions of carbs, especially in traditional foods. So it's just going to help you to reel it in. It's not going to make you eliminate it fully. So that'd be my first, my second tip would be to keep the meals you love and rebalance in a way that makes sense. So again, fluff with veggies. I like to aim for two cups of veggies at my meals, prioritize protein. I like to aim for 20 to 30 grams and you will find how those carbs fit appropriately to your meals. And my third tip is going to be to reflect every single night. Okay. What went right? What went wrong? What can I do better tomorrow? That one is a big one. Um, And when I started doing this, it took all of this like guilt off of me after like a not so good day because I was able to just like, instead of going to bed with guilt, I was able to say, all right, let's take the emotion out of this. And I say this a lot, take the emotion out. Let's just get real. What happened? What went right? I had two balanced meals today. What went wrong? Well, I skipped lunch. So I just like ravenously snacked. And then, yeah, I had a balanced dinner after, but it didn't feel great with all that weird behavior around food happening in the middle of the day there. Okay, cool. That's what went wrong. What can I do better tomorrow? Let me make sure that I have lunch prepped today. Um, Because I don't want to ravenously snack again. And I know I was frustrated and I was unprepared. And um, then my mom told me to clean my room and I was sad or whatever. So I kept eating, right? I was procrastinating. So I ate. That's what you can do better the next day, right? I have, and remind yourself, you have better things to do than eat. So if you find yourself, you know, in the kitchen eating because there's food there, you have better things to do. Get up and go do something else. You know, food is not going to overtake your life. Okay. Even if you live with your parents and it's out there on the counter, you don't have to be the person that lets that happen. So I know I went off on a tangent there, but your mindset matters. So when you tell yourself, I can't just have one cookie. Or when you tell yourself, if it's in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Or when you tell yourself you have nothing else to do and you're just bored, then of course you're going to eat. You just define yourself as a person who just eats cuz, right? (laughs) So like you're going to live up to the expectations you have of yourself. Shift your expectations. Shift who you want to be. You're in control. Yeah, sometimes you have an extra cookie, but you're working on it, right? You don't want to be that person anymore. You don't have to lie to yourself, but you can. You can fake it till you make it and shift your mindset along with it. Oh, man. That was awesome. Those tips. So let me just recap. So everyone kind of understands and makes sure that we understand what you're saying. So tip number one would be to get moving. It it doesn't really matter what it is. um, Just any activity, walking, dance parties, uh, trampoline bouncing. I know like Lena is into Uh, And then tip number two would be to balance out your meals, uh, making sure you're uh, prioritizing veggies and trying fluffing things up to keep that volume up. And number three would be to reflect. And I think that actually 
Number three is really important. Uh, just reflecting, and that kind of goes into the whole uh, pause that you've mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, it, it's a lot of just giving yourself space to have these thoughts into why we're doing these things. So thank you so much for sharing those tips and for being here today. I really appreciate it. I I'm sure everyone got a lot of value from this. But before we end, let, let everyone know where can they connect with you? Sure. Okay, so I am on, well, first of all, Roy, I want to say thank you so much for having me because this was, <laughs> of course. I mean, it was amazing. I can't, you know, I, I really, truly look forward to growing with you. And to starting our, you know, our own community of nutritionists and people in this space, um, you know, at, at this age and this level, and we'll grow together. And I'm really, you know, looking forward to doing that with you. Um, I have big plans for us, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, check out. She's, she has her uh, YouTube up and coming. I'm, Everyone know, what, what is the YouTube? Yeah, so my YouTube is just Lena Bed. Um first and last name, nothing crazy. I'm on Instagram every single day. You'll see me on my stories every day. I, I mean, you guys come along with me for everything. Um, and that's at practical.nutritionist. And then that's also me on TikTok at practical.nutritionist. And then I have a website livingwithlena.com. Um, but it's all linked in in one place in, in my Instagram um, thing. But um, but yeah, I'm kind of everywhere. You guys can find me everywhere. I need to streamline my names. I know everything needs to just become practical <laughs> nutritionist. <laughs> so you can go on over to her bio, click her links, but I'll also include everything in the show notes. So you guys can just click on in there. Um, again, thank you so much, Lena, for being here. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Roy. All right. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, guys. I hope you got a lot of value out of the episode today. If you found this helpful, please share it with a friend. Uh, post it on social media. Tag me at Royal Mata. Um, I'll have that link down in the show notes. And I'll also leave a link to Lena's IG as well as everything else mentioned in this episode. And I promise to keep bringing you guys valuable information, uh, things that you can actually apply into your own lives so that you can take control of your own health and go all in on life. Other than that, guys, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.